You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can review us and find us on iTunes, Spotify, Alexa, Google Home, wherever there are podcasts, we are there for you. And you can always get in touch with us at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. It is Packers Bears week and Thursday is our day for scouting reports. So that's where we are going to focus our energy today. What does this game look like when the Bears have the ball? What does this game look like when the Packers have the ball? And what does that mean for the outcome of the game, or at least the way we expect the game to go. Obviously, these games are not played on paper. That's not the point. We want to give you the best opportunity that you can have to understand what is going to happen, why it's going to happen, and and what the most likely outcomes for this game is going to be. And there are a lot of variables. There are a lot of things that, that can change. And a lot of things that may not go the way we predict. Week one, and really week two, week three, those are, the, those are the weeks where weird things can happen. And you can look back and go, wait, what happened? How did, who? They did what? And if you're a Packers fan, you hope that doesn't happen in a week one game against the Bears. Because the Bears are, are not projected to be, even with Khalil Mack, a, a serious playoff contender. And, and Green Bay is. And so if you're the Packers and you want to be taken seriously as an NFC contender and you want to have the opportunity to be an NFC contender, you have to win week one at home. And let's start with when Chicago has the ball, because this is the biggest change year over year. Vic Fangio came back as the defensive coordinator for the Bears, but Matt Nagy comes in as the new head coach for Chicago. Mark Helfrich is going to be Helfrich, Helfrich, doesn't matter. Mark Helfrich is going to be the offensive coordinator coming over from Oregon and as a as a failed head coach really there. And I think we should expect to see a much more diverse offense from the Bears than we've seen in years past. And Nagy comes from the Kansas City Chiefs where they really modernized this offense with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. And they were able to use the weapons that Kansas City had. And they were able to find creative ways to create mismatches for their offensive players against opposing defenses and and really took Alex Smith's game to the next level. The Bears have to hope they can do that with Mitch Trubisky because he wasn't very good last year. And and he was a rookie and playing in Dow Loggins' outdated, outmoded system and a conservative system with John Fox. And the Bears have to feel like they have a more modern, a more uh, 21st century offense. But that doesn't necessarily mean better. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Mitch Trubisky is up to the task. I went back and watched some of Trubisky in the preseason and his best plays were on great play design. 
He had one really good throw against Denver on the run. Really a play that should have been picked, but Anthony Miller, the rookie receiver, made a great play. And a pair of Broncos defensive backs mistimed their jump, misplayed the ball, and it's a completion that looks impressive. But the rest of that game... Trubisky got happy feet for no reason, struggled to get to his second and third reads, struggled to make progression reads. He's the kind of quarterback that is still a see-it-throw-it guy. He needs to he needs to have that first option open, and when it's not there, he is going to struggle. So if you're Green Bay, you need to be playing press man. You need to disrupt those, those receivers at the line of scrimmage because that throws off the timing of the quarterback. When he gets to his back foot, as a defense, you want those receivers to not be in position. You want Trubisky to be sitting back there and thinking, to be looking out at his at his receivers and going, well, they're not to their break yet. I need to, I need to figure something out. And he starts to get jittery because that's when the mechanics break down. That's when his his processing break down, breaks down. And that's when you can get him to throw the ball to the wrong team. The other thing is this offensive line is a very big question mark. Eric Cush is going to start at left guard. And if he doesn't play well, James Daniels is going to be the guy. He's a rookie. Charles Leno and Bobby Massey are the offensive tackles. Neither are high-quality players. Kyle Long at right guard is very good. Cody Whitehair as a center is very good. But those are favorable matchups for Green Bay, the offensive tackles and the left guard. And that means Mike Daniels is going to have opportunities. It means Muhammad Wilkerson, Nick Perry, Reggie Gilbert, Clay Matthews. Those guys are going to have opportunities to create pressure. And if they can create pressure on Mitch Trubisky, this offense is going to fall apart. Because those first reads, you have to believe Mike Patton is going to say, we want Trubisky to be holding the ball. We don't want him to hit his back foot and get the ball out. But if if that does happen, there are playmakers in this offense. Allen Robinson comes over from Jacksonville, a player that a lot of Packer fans wanted in Green Bay. But as we learned from Lauren Cox yesterday on the show, he has not been a featured part of this offense in a way that other players have. In fact, it looks like Trey Burton, the, the third string tight end in Philadelphia, is now going to come over and be potentially the featured receiver in this offense. That was the case in preseason. It sounds like that was the case in training camp. They really want to get Trey Burton the ball a ton. And if you're the Packers, you have to understand that that you, you need to defend this offense as such. The running backs is the best group on this offense. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, those two can create problems for opposing defenses, but Green Bay bottled those guys up in two meetings last year. Jordan Howard not able to get on track. This run defense for Green Bay, it is the strength of the defense. They're really, really good. And and I said earlier this week, I, I, I told Tex Western, my editor, SB Nation, I think they can be one of the three or four best run defenses in football. Now, how much does that make this defense better overall? Uh, I don't know. But the the base, the fundamentals of this offense for Chicago is going to be running the ball. And if Green Bay can take that away and then and then make sure they're not allowing the Bears to use play action effectively. Because if you can stop the run, you should not be able to get play actioned. Because you shouldn't be worried about the run game. You're stopping their run game. Unless you're committing all these resources to the run, and that's the only reason 
you're you're able to slow down opposing ground games. That's not the case for the Packers, and that shouldn't be the case in this game. Green Bay, even out of their nickel defense, they were one of the best run defenses out of their nickel package with the extra the extra defensive back last year in football. So if they're able to continue to be effective in that nickel run defense, this Chicago offense is going to have a tough time scoring points. And that's the only way that they're going to beat Green Bay because Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to score, especially at home. And Chicago is going to have to score a bunch of points to win this game. It's just hard to see them getting in a rhythm enough and doing the things that they want to do well enough to score points in this game. Ben Fennel wrote a great piece for The Athletic about the Packers deploying their tight ends. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But I want to let you know that my listeners, we are still doing The Athletic promotion. My listeners can get a 40% discount on The Athletic subscription for the next year. $3, in fact, under $3, $2.99 a month for The Athletic. And that's not just The Athletic Wisconsin, not just Packers and Badgers and Brewers coverage. We're talking about national coverage, national NFL, baseball. They have an outstanding college stable of writers for college football, college basketball, everything college sports. If you're a sports fan that wants tailored information straight to your phone, to your laptop, wherever it is, and you don't want clutter, you don't want pop-up ads, you don't want videos that you don't want to watch, The Athletic is for you. Go to theathletic.com slash Packers for a 40% discount on your year subscription and get the kind of sports coverage that you've been missing. There are all kinds of options out there for you, but get a tailor-made experience, outstanding coverage for you and all of your sports needs at theathletic.com, a 40% discount when you go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnPackers. That Ben Fennell piece that I mentioned talked about the, the way that the Packers could deploy their tight ends. And so when they have the ball, they have the opportunity to go against a very good defense and one that got a lot better with the arrival of Khalil Mack. There's no doubting it. And Akeem Hicks had some choice words for the Packers, felt like, well, they can't block him. In fact, let me read you this text message that I got. Hi, this is Thomas from Independence, Kentucky, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on Hakeem Hicks' comments on the Packers' offensive line. And and basically what Hakeem Hicks said was, I don't think anyone on the Packers' offensive line can can block Khalil Mack. And that's going to be a, a question that teams face every week. What do you do with Mack? And it's going to be a bigger question for teams moving forward because it sounds like Mack is not going to be the kind of every-down player in Week 1 that he will eventually be. That being said, Green Bay is going to have to account for him. Now, David Bakhtiari is arguably the best left tackle in football. Brian Bulaga is one of the best pass-blocking right tackles in the league. And in fact, the last time he played a full healthy season was, by pro football focus numbers, the best pass-blocking right tackle in football. So the question about can they handle Kalamak? Yeah. They have the guys. They're one of the few teams in the league that has the guys to handle Khalil Mack. And it's almost like Akeem Hicks forgot 
that in a Thursday night game, on short notice, Green Bay played a game against the Chicago Bears front with Akeem Hicks, who had a great season, by the way. The Packers started five guards, and they won that game. Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns. A couple weeks later, without Aaron Rodgers, Brett Hundley and Green Bay went into Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and beat the Bears in part because they were able to run the ball and and pass protect well enough for Brett Hundley to ultimately win the game. Now, Khalil Mack presents a different kind of challenge than even Leonard Floyd, who is a slippery and dangerous pass rusher. He's going to be playing with a club, it sounds like. So he's not going to be have the same sort of impact on this game he might otherwise. Not going to have the same sort of impact he might in Week 15, say, when the Packers and Bears face off again. But one of the ways to combat this Khalil Mack problem is to play with multiple tight ends. You, you keep Mercedes Lewis in. You let David Bakhtiari handle his man one-on-one. If, if Khalil Mack is going to face Brian Bulaga, which is, is what he did a lot in Oakland, came a lot off that offense's right side, then maybe you, you have a tight end chipping. Maybe you use a running back to chip. You want to use Jimmy Graham as a receiver, so you don't want to waste him with body blows on Khalil Mack. The problem with that is, and I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company yesterday, the Bears were one of the best defenses in the league last year against two tight end sets. And that's because their base defense is very good. Now, against three receivers, which is Green Bay's base personnel offensively, they were an average defense, the Bears were. Basically, an, an average in terms of, if you look at total DVOA, defense adjusted value over average, and, and I wrote about this, I suggest you go read the piece for some more context. But basically, if you look at how good they were per snap against two, two tight ends, they were basically the Vikings defense, which what they were over the course of the season. A really good ultra elite unit against three receiver sets. They were the Browns. They were the 16th or so. What the Browns were over the course of the season in terms of DVOA. They were average. That bodes well for the Packers. They want to attack the the margins of this defense. Adrian Amos is a really solid safety. Eddie Jackson is a solid safety. Prince Mukamara, solid corner. Kyle Fuller, solid corner. It's a solid defense. But the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And when you're able to isolate those parts, that's when you have an advantage. And Green Bay was able to do that last year. Now, they created some turnovers in that first game, and and that gave them a lot of opportunities for short fields and, and to be efficient. But Packers quarterbacks in two games against the Bears last season went 36 of 51 for 391 yards, five touchdowns, and a pick. That is a quarterback rating a shade under 140. Okay? Really, really, really good. And that's a game with Brett Hundley, and that's a game where Green Bay lost Devontae Adams in the middle of the game and played with a makeshift offensive line. Green Bay has its full complement of receivers, its full offensive line. They're missing Aaron Jones, but otherwise is very healthy offensively and defensively. It is hard for me to believe that they are not going to be able to score points on this Bears defense unless Khalil Mack comes in and just plays out of his mind. 
the odds of that are just not great. He hasn't played in the preseason. We don't know if he's in great shape. Football shape is different than life shape. He's going to be rusty. He doesn't know the schemes. He's not going to be fully versed in what's going on in Chicago. He's not going to be used to playing with these guys. All of those things matter. Football is not like other sports. It's not like baseball where you can just pop in and you're good. It's not even like basketball where it's like, well, basketball is is ultimately still basketball. You're going to play pick and roll. You're going to create open shots. You're going to attack off the dribble. It's not like that. It's so much more complicated. It's so much more nuanced. And to expect him to just come in and be a field breaker, a world ender, which he can be eventually, it's just not realistic. When you look at this defensive front, the defensive front is good. They lack speed on the edges. The corners are not particularly athletic. But they were very good at limiting explosive plays last year because the safeties are good and because they play physically. And and, and they just set up the scheme to not allow big plays. That is their goal, to not allow big plays. Well, if you're defending short fields, it's going to be hard to stop Aaron Rodgers. So if Green Bay can create turnovers, they're going to make their own lives a lot easier. But I think Green Bay, given the way that they match up, the Bears were not great against number one receivers, not great against other receivers. They were pretty good against number twos. This could be a big game for Devontae Adams. Kyle Fuller was the most targeted corner in football last year. On a per-snap basis, not great. On a per-route run basis, not great. Pretty good in terms of his... His passer rating when targeted, two interceptions really helped that. But one of the the worst corners in football at allowing yards after the catch and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb are each great after the catch. I just think this matchup is so heavily in favor of Green Bay, really on both sides of the ball, that it's really hard to put together a game plan and, and, a, and a route to the Bears' springing the upset in this game, barring special teams craziness, or or just some, some I don't I really don't even know. It would take some some genuine craziness for the Bears to make this a close game. I know what the stats said about the, the Bears defense last year. They were a, a a above average defense. They were not that against the Packers. And situationally, even against Brett Hundley, were not able to get off the field allowed some scrambles because they play a lot of man coverage, and ultimately couldn't get a win against Brett Hundley. That's bad news. Now, adding Khalil Mack could change the equation, but Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers is a bigger field tilter than Mack, and Rodgers is going to play more. I mean, that's just the reality, and he's playing in his scheme. All of that matters when you look at handicapping this game. It's week one, and I'm already losing my voice. This is not this is not great for things to come, guys. But we will be back tomorrow, our fourth show of the week, and we're we're gonna look forward a little bit. Um, I think we're gonna also look back a little bit, answer some of your questions because the, the injury report may or may not have a lot to say. Oren Burks practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Josh Jones apparently dealing with a shoulder issue. Both of those things could be important when it comes to defending Trey Burton. So we will keep an eye on that. I think we're going to dedicate the first block of the show to injuries and what that's going to look like. So that show is going to come Friday afternoon. 
into the evening potentially just so we can wait for the injury report to come out and and, uh, anything surprising we can react to there. But also get to some of your questions if there are lingering questions as we move forward and, and really get locked in as we move toward Sunday night. Packers-Bears, opener of the season, a rivalry game, and and a rivalry that is going to be renewed in a way that should be really exciting for the fans. There was a lot of back and forth on Wednesday with some Bears fans. I made a joke at Mitch Trubisky's expense that they really didn't like. And uh, look, I'm sorry. Sometimes you just have to do it for the likes. You just have to do it for the joke. And Bears fans are going to get upset. I understand. It's been a lot of losing for them. I understand being upset about it. So, you know, they haven't won a Super Bowl since most of those fans have been alive. And since I was alive, they haven't won a Super Bowl. So I understand struggling. That's that's okay. That's okay. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Ask me questions on Twitter that we can get to in a, in a much quicker fashion on Twitter than, than on the show. But if you want to ask a question on the show, you can hit up the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. You can like us on Facebook. Send us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us five stars. It helps spread the word about Locked On Packers as we continue to grow. Help other people stay locked on just like you are and let them know that the best place to be come week one and for the rest of the NFL season is to be Locked On Packers.